good evening. News on the uh, on the horizon is that Kodar the Lost, the greatest character that was ever invented, and also the the feature character played by Ryan Gosling on the Sixteen Candlekeeps, is leaving the party, and we've all had to take a lot of time to deal with that. Hi. <laughs> on the news. It's like, oh god, where's this going? Hello. Yeah. I heard like the dum dum boom in my head. I think you need to be a news reader. I think that's your ideal job. The, the, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um moving on to this glass case of emotion. Anyway, um there's a reference for news anchors. Um <laughs> Uh, welcome back to 16 Candle Keeps, where the <laughs> 80s passed their death saves. Um, unfortunately, my feels didn't. Um, we uh, Last we left off, the party had arrived in Goodmead, found a Verbeg, or Verbeek, or whoever wants to email me and tell me I'm saying it wrong, do. Um, I'll just delete it and put it in the archive and then cry later. Anyway, um, but yes, uh, the party dispatched of the bug, uh, as it had killed the speaker of Goodmead, the collection of uh, settlement dwellers came out to uh, converse with the party as they found this was happening and finding uh, who had saved them. And lo and behold, as nobody would put themselves forward to uh, be speaker, one, Kodar, Travis Willingham, <laughs> lost because <laughs> that's what the stands for <laughs> no uh kodar the, kodar the lost became kodar the speaker uh hey. as you guys headed off towards the mead hall in goodmead uh you are you're swept up by the the congregation of 30 or 40 so uh different individuals all human and half elf and uh, very uh wrapped up in quite thick furs uh you head towards the mead hall which seems to be the only building that seems to show sign of heat and life uh you find yourself coming into a large kind of wooden build building with stone either side you can see the slats of wood uh that sit in between each layer of stone that makes this building as they have tried to uh, make it a little bit more protected and as you come in you'll hear this weird humming noise as either side of a large grate fire in the center of the building um there are lines of beehives as different people wandering back and forth work the honey and beehives and things that later go into other areas of the mead hall which would have been really useful to have in details but i'm going to tell you it's in a mead hall <laughs> that's made out of honey and that's all i can tell you because i don't know how to brew stuff homebrew to me is making a new race <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes you find yourselves in a large kind of drinking hall there are tables set up so people can sit and eat or drink there are beehives along the outskirts of the building it's a huge room that seems to be able to seat the entire settlement um kodar is kind of swept up at the front as you guys are a couple of feet behind him uh, as the people head up and they hand him a, a a horn of a horn of ale and they 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 all drink in happiness 
Um, yeah. What would you guys like to do in this moment? Um, is there anything you guys want to play out, or is it just want to get a brief rest and then head out? I'd like a rest before we go back yeah. out. Mm-hmm. As I said uh, uh, in the last session, I feel like I'm half the woman I'm meant to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'd love a good rest. That's fine. <laughs> Um, I was trying to say the same thing, but about replenishing spell slots. I was like, how can I say it without without getting all meta and just mm-hmm. gave up? Mentioning to people that you're looking for a place to stay for the evening, they they offer you spare rooms in their buildings. They offer you to sleep uh, as close to the only source of warmth possible. You hear um, so you hear that um, one of the things, as you'd already been told uh, in East Haven. Uh, you are aware that certain things are being sacrificed in an attempt to appease Oral the Frost Maiden. In this village, you find out that they are trying; they don't light fires um, at all throughout the evening. So they're trying to sacrifice warmth in a hope that that would appease uh, Oral. The only building that this does not uh, fall upon is the Mead Hall, as they need to keep the bees. In the uh, in the apiary, if you will, um, happy. Oh, adorable! It'll also be the only way that they can brew. Yeah, too cold to. I mean, you know, I believe it was uh, it was Arthur Miller who told us best that uh, that only certain colds can uh, freeze beer. But um, <clears throat> where is this going? It's it's a reference to Arthur Miller's oh The God. Crucible. John Proctor I... tells his wife, your justice is so cold you could freeze beer. Blue. Oh, there's, there's something I didn't know. Thank you. Arty reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well in the arty reference, I'm impressed. The best bit is when he said that, he sounded a little bit like Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it. Nope. Disney will sue us. <laughs> oh yeah, please don't get on the wrong side of them. No, 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 no. We can't <laughs> afford that. <laughs> oh right. Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, you guys can just rest up and move on, or if you would like to, you're more than welcome to have chats with anyone. Chat with Kodar. Chat with the town people chat with yourselves but I'm more than happy to just go with you guys get a night's rest we pick up the next morning uh, yes I'm happy to do that uh, I would I would do it so that we would say goodbye to Kodar first but yeah yes, pretty yeah much. we should just leave night head off yeah thanking people for their hospitality and stuff right. can I give Kodar a hug you can thank you Gives you a bear hug uh, back. Yeah. <laughs> a polar bear hug. Bear. <laughs> um. Just double check. After yourself. Just double check with uh with Garland. Is there anything you want to do throughout the evening or the morning, or happy to just continue on? I mean, obviously he'll be sampling the local delicacy and. Uh, Didn't want to skip over it from... when you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, grabbing grabbing a few roadies. Excellent. You uh you are offered several uh, bottles of good mead mead. Um which is Hi. not something you can say after several bottles of 
good mead mead um, but uh yeah you you as someone who is more of a from what i know at least from the chats you are an ale drinker uh mm-hmm. garland mm-hmm. so it's again it's a different but it's very sweet it's uh it's um it's what you imagine the more because the for those that don't drink uh certain spirits and things i can imagine that they may not have had the pleasure but it it kind of hits the palate like a very expensive whiskey it's quite hot it has a very sweet uh sensation and aftertaste uh but it also it it definitely kicks harder than your 4.5 percent beer or whatever that you might drink <laughs> it's a it's a sort of wine it's a yeah. honeyed wine so it would probably be around the 14 yeah. <laughs> percent. It, it does it does in it does it does double the damage in half as time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think I think he'd 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 appreciate something different. Um, you know, there's 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 some artistry behind. Mm. And again, as someone who uh, who is trying to slowly but surely build their own brewery, you can appreciate the whilst you're looking around, and they do invite you to look around the brewery as well, especially noticing your interest. Uh, you see that it's all done in a very uh, limited budget minimal space kind of fashion the most space they have is this large area that they use for the apiary um they don't seem to have a lot of space where they actually do the brewing itself but uh they have a a small room that they are using for uh barreling and uh, fermenting and such like that that you go out and check and it's very interesting to see he'll um not in front of them, uh, you know, because that would be rude. He'll 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 jot down some notes and a few like a few sketches and things. Mm. Excellent. Um, I would ask uh, just because I have done this intentionally. Um, would you make a perception check for me, Garland? Uh, that's not too bad. I think. Um, that is. That's not too bad, that's a uh, 13. 13, excellent. Whilst you are, for, I'd say probably throughout the evening, you notice it. Um, so, whilst you're wandering around, you're being a bit more uh, um, investigative and like uh, not damning you two, don't take it that way, but like you're being a bit more wandering and uh, perusing whilst the other two focus more on getting a bed for the night and just enjoying the company. Um, you wandering around notice something that catches your eye in a different way to everything else. When you first met Kodar, you read on his axe in Dwarvish runes, it says, I I smash, I kill, I do what you need. As you walk past it whilst he's standing, um, it says something that catches your eye specifically. It says, strong of mind, stronger than a hammer. Hmm. It's the exact placement of where the previous runes that said, I smash, I kill, I do what you need, in place of that is now the strong of mind, stronger than a hammer. Garland would know about magic runes, right? Yes, yeah. 
especially as an artificer you you this is bread and butter stuff you've seen although you've not as a alchemist you have not trained in it but you have seen and you understand the concept of uh of enchanting and uh applying runes to certain weapons or items so would i be it wouldn't be too much of a leap for him to go he's changed the runes on this weapon or the weapon has changed the runes on this weapon to help him fit his role better you i would go with um, without even rolling intelligence check because you've spent at least a day with kodar knowing kodar from that day and like the more intimate travel you've had with him um oh technically it's over two days now uh but you would go he is not he's not bright enough to be able to make his own enchantments or change things and you get the sense that there is a there is a magical element to when you checked it uh in the bar for the first time you knew there was some sort of enchantment on the the axe but it was more in dwarven runes fashion you start to now think that maybe the axe has a bit more to do it has a bit more sway on his ability than uh what would normally be of a great axe hmm. I'm not going to ask him about it. It's it's rude to ask a man about his axe. <laughs> Spoken like a true dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> just just thought I'd point it out specifically because yeah. the the wording uh, may ring a bell somewhere. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna come back to that at some point. Excellent. Um, with that then, uh, as you guys start to, we'll go with the 10th of uh, autumn, you pick up your stuff, you've had a, a night of rest, everything is reset for spell slots and ability things and health and such. Um, you, just as you're walking towards the outskirts of Goodmead, with Kodar in tow, he kind of is just saying goodbyes and explaining that he will, uh, he'd be happy to come join you again at some point. Uh, he has informed you that he's intending to stay in Goodmead for a day or two at least just to get to grips with things and also to reach out to the speakers to confirm the role. Um, he says to you all, um, and I will do it in his voice properly, um, <laughs> but as you as you are, um, you seem to be happy to travel and happy to uh, do many exciting ideas and things if you find yourself going north into the glacier please do not be stranger Koda would like to join you he would like you to join us too and if any of you meet the white lady and I do not mean the lady of the pub back in East Haven <laughs> Um, do let me know. You will know her when you meet her. I will send for you when that time comes. Uh, in Giant. Uh, till we meet again. Um, he responds, may it not be long. Mm. 
This is quite sad. <laughs> I make those heartwarming characters so when they stab you yeah. later. <laughs> Kodar is the big bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He's the frost mate in disguise. I look better oh, in my lovely. other visage. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, he leaves you at the edge of Goodmead. You can see a track leading off up to, up the hill. There is a, a small cropping of uh, trees to the north of where you are currently, and it seems to kind of edge along the side of the track that leads up to Dugan's Hole. Um, you can already see off in the distance as you are following around the uh, the the banks of the Red Waters. Um, and you can only tell this by where the snow turns into more ice layer as the frozen waters of red waters stretches to the south. You will be travelling. Let's double check my times. It is from Goodmead. It's four hours to Dugan's Hole. So it's two hours to Dugan's Hole because you're at Axbeaks. Um, but you uh, you set off. Um, I would ask, is there a specific marching order? Are you just marching in a clump? or? Uh, I will lead. Cool. Oh, wait, do you have the map? You've got the map. You lead. <laughs> I have got the map! <laughs> she says, like, you know. <laughs> yes, I have got the map. Excellent. Okay, I will lead, and I can also be your vague meat shield, just in case. Um, could you... Um, actually, no, we'll say what happens first, so then we can deal with that. So, an hour out of good mead... The quite clear sky, although still perpetually dark, it, it's only through your body clock that you get a sense of what time it is. It still looks like nighttime out here, uh, as the uh, perpetual night and gloom and doom that is the Frost Maiden's rhyme uh, has coated the area. Uh, but you you notice that the snow starts to fall about half an hour into your travel, forty five minutes. Snow is getting heavy. An hour. You put your hand up, trying to see it in front of you, and it's only because you've got it literally a few inches from your face that you can see your hand through the snow. You are currently being hit by a blizzard. No. Oh. No. How would the group respond to this? Um, we should probably find shelter. Somehow. Um, can I jump off my axe beak and whip out my two-man tent? You can. Indeed. Uh, you take a moment, jump home, thinking, jump off, grab your two-man tent out your sack, and uh, throw it out and start to set it up. Uh, it is almost five minutes uh, past setting it up completely. Then it now looks like an igloo as the snow is flying over it. <laughs> Everyone inside now. <laughs> okay. And I'm just going to tie the axe beaks together next to, like, my ten peg or something and hope they're okay. Excellent. <laughs> uh, cramming into the uh, into the, the tent as it's two-man, the fact that you... Although tent, there's arguments here, uh, spacing-wise, because you have a dwarf um, and an eladrin and a human afterlife, uh, there is not enough space for the three of you, technically because you're all three mediums, but cramming in and using it for more cover than it is for, like, sleeping and stuff, you find you get yourselves in. Um, it is very cold. You start to find yourselves wrapping yourselves and feeling quite confident with the fact that you're all bunched up quite close together 
you are glad for the uh, the coverage and also the uh, contact with one another as the snow just blows outside. Um, how long would you wait? I will say that you're not sure how long a blizzard lasts out here. No, I, I would literally, I would wait until I can't hear <laughs> wind anymore. Yeah. <laughs> She's she's got experience in snow. She yeah. literally played actually yeah you're, in glaciers. So you're playing, it's, it's um, my preferred terrain. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. You're playing. You're playing. A, I forget. You're playing the old school version of the ranger. I so am. you're playing an Arctic ranger. So you know of these things. Um, yes. You start to focus your your own knowledge and also uh, in a kind of magical kind of fashion, you start to send out your feelers into the the surrounding area, trying to get a sense of when you might be able to get out it passes in an hour um as you sit in silo i mean more than welcome to chat if you'd like uh but focusing on it you get the sense it passes in an hour's time uh mm -hmm. if things haven't happened over that hour that's what you feel um cool the axe beaks i'm gonna just say could everyone roll they survive could everyone roll they a survive. d20 um, oh. on the axe beats. No, I can't. I don't want to. And then add one to it. 17. 17. What was that, Varica? 12. 12. And 12. 12. I'm going to say that um, it may not make much of a difference, but so uh, for um, I'll go with yeah, with um, Erica and Garland, your axe beaks seem to be a little less um happy with the situation or it might be the uh it might be even though not that sort of ranger there is a connection with uh the axe beak between Nereneth and her axe beak but your two suffer a point of exhaustion from uh from the the hammering of snow that lands on them as they kind of try to shake it off and such oh they will they will only have disadvantage on ability checks at this point and they are a bit moody when you come out and intend to move on. You can see off in the distance the uh, the outlining of Dugan's Hole off in the distance. So it's disadvantage on ability checks. Yes. Cool. Just in case they have I'll, to do I'll, anything. I'll, I'll give her a sip of mead. I'm going I'm to go especially with your blessing you got from the Twinger. Although... <laughs> Although exhausted from trying to withstand the snow, still quite comfortable with you. Um, it's Felicia who's being the bitch at this point. <laughs> Damn, Felicia! <laughs> I'm gonna get one of the. Because I've still got spare stuff, haven't I? I've still got like robes and whatnot. I'm seeing what else is in my bag. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna attempt to towel off Felicia. She's at least not covered in snow. She is proper arsy about this. Yes. She is, she is not happy. I would I would try and appease her by giving her a bit of a rub down and try and warm her yep. up a bit. Definitely, yeah. I'm going to go yep. with the, yep. the, the... It takes an extra half an hour for your travel, but Felicia is appeased, still has exhaustion, but is <laughs> a bit less um, snooty <laughs> by the time you hit Dugan's Hole. Um, as you come into Dugan's Hole, there is already a layer of snow that was covering everything, but now everything seems to be swamped under as well. Uh, you can see that there is a collection of maybe 
10 or so houses that seem to be around this small kind of area that fills up uh, like the center circle of the ha of the houses no one seems to be around um, you're more than welcome to knock on doors or anything like that if you would like but um, there is there is no one around um, you do spot about 10 minutes further up the hill uh, and not in the direction that you would want using the map um, you can spot a large kind of what looks like a circle of stones that juts out of the snow and seem to be um, although snow around them they seem to be untouched by the snow hmm. interesting like yeah can I can I go have a look yeah right as people have mentioned mm -hmm. they'd like to go up um, or at least two of you have so I don't drag Garland <laughs> along um, you head go, on up we'll go. okay no, that's fine uh, you head on up and we'll it looks on his beard <laughs> You head on up and you find yourself in a very Stonehenge kind of look, uh, looking thing. However, there's no joining in between the, uh, the the standing stones. There is just a circle of 20 stones uh, stood in a circle. On the inside of the circle, there is snow on the ground. Around the stones, excuse me, uh, there is snow on the ground. But the stones themselves, for some reason, they are not covered in snow. Uh, does, uh, are they just normal looking stone or do they look like the weird purpley black thing? I'm going to go with the little information that you've seen of the Shardlin. Uh, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference at the moment, but also it looks like stone to yourself, especially as someone who is uh, a wilderness person. You uh, you have seen your fair fa amount of rock faces and such like that to see like a slip of granite or something like that. It looks like yeah, normal that's stone. That's not normal behaviour for a stone. <laughs> can I, uh... Say. Can I, can you, I use my stone? I was going to say, are you going to use that skill that old dwarves... I'm going to do the dwarf thing. Yeah! Stone cutting. It is a dwarf thing. Dwarves all have stone cunning and have... Uh, is it advantage or double proficiency on... History checks. Uh, so you are considered proficient in the history skill and add double your proficiency bonus to the check on anything related to stone. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> why? Because so we bad. live the stone. <laughs> My god, okay. Um, so that is... <laughs> um... Twenty-three. That is uh, twenty-five. Twenty-five. Excellent. Um, you start to search your your knowledge. You you feel at one with the stone. <laughs> you feel your you feel the ancestors slamming their hammers against the anvils of time, and. I promise you this, I am reading directly from my notes that I could pull from the book. All you can tell is they are known as the 20 stones of Frun, or Frun, um, and apparently they stand on the site where Dugan Debrace, or Debrace, founded the town. That's all you know. <laughs> relay that information in exactly that tone 
I wish there was... I, I, I'm trying to search the internet and everything for this, and all it says is, it's this? That's all we know? <laughs> and, and, I, and, I will, and I will end it with, and that's all I know. All right, then. Useful. Ah. Do you know why they, they're not covered in snow? Nope, that's all I know. Oh. Alright, I'm I'm getting some bad vibes from this area. Just uh, it's making me a little bit uncomfortable. Why they're not covered in snow? We can go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's just carry on. What I am going to say is, as we recently discussed the idea of you know further campaign after Icewind Dale. There's definitely got to be something that links us to that, right? Because <laughs> why yes. did they stick it? I don't know. I can't believe that's all that says. That's that. Sometimes, sometimes there are, there are things just there for sightseeing, and sometimes there's little items that you're like, okay, cool, I understand. You you've you've put things in for world lore and interest. Uh, genuinely, oh, on uh, I've searched I've searched it on the internet. People brilliantly dms across the world unite well done they've gone in and gone well i've suggested that it might be an old site that this happened and i'm like i kind of like the fact that it's just says it's it apparently it marks the place that dugan de brace settled dugan's hole that's all you know apparently also i apologize i skipped that part because what good is it in some respects it says in the book as well that apparently it's it's um it's something to do with an ancient spirit called Froon, which is the twenty stones of Froon. Searching Froon, nothing on the internet. <laughs> it's possibly mentioned. It's pros- possibly, and I apologise for any listener who has read it or or gone through the books. It might just be a reference to one of the book series uh, by R. A. Salvatore. But um, but yeah, Pfft, not a clue. <laughs> Right. Ellen, I'm sorry, guys. Somewhere. I used my, I, I used my really good roll for the day. So um... it was an amazing roll as well. <laughs> Twenty five. <laughs> uh, don't worry. We'll we'll maybe in another long rest you can. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have a thing that throughout the entire campaign now you're going to go to places and there's just a random circle of stones that have <laughs> nothing to do with anything. Wow. <laughs> I fucking love it. That's so weird. <laughs> uh. bit that's bugging me about it is that they're not covered in snow. I want this to be explained more and I can't believe it doesn't. Maybe later down the line we'll all realise that they're actually like portal sites to, um, to this is where the Terrask lives anyway um, I don't I don't know we'll see what happens anyway I love how anticlimactic that was that was yeah that was not what I was hoping for it's fine it's fine <laughs> Right. Let's move on. Because I loved (laughs) I have enjoyed that a little too much. I'm sorry. Steve has lost his shit in the background. (laughs)
So, do we need like a sort of little musical interlude while you recover and then we'll go back to it? <laughs> Sorry, Love the DM it. is broken. It's the, it's the geese song from the Aristocats. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, so uh, I imagine you are heading yeah. further on now, knowing nothing is here in Dugan's Hole, and not no. wanting to upset the locals any further. You uh, you haven't upset them in the first place, but uh, you head on towards. Uh, you head on down the way towards the spot of the world. Now you're heading directly south um, with your axe peaks. Should be 12 hours towards Sunblight. It's now 6. However, two of them will be traversing the stony face of the world. Um, so as you, uh, as you start to head along, is there any conversations or anything that people want to discuss along the way or just quiet contemplation um quiet contemplation for me please if Nerineff says anything it would literally just be inane drivel you know like those really chatty people that actually hate awkward <laughs> silences so they just say anything to fill it in yes that I do know those people Um, Garland will be just pulling on his beard and just just thinking back to the axe and wishing that he had spoken with Kodar before he left. Excellent. So, over the next few hours, as uh, as Garland contemplates cause and effect, or <laughs> choices in the in the shattered spiral that is the mirror world, <laughs> but uh, and also Erica uh, just quietly enjoying the the weird noise that seems to be coming as uh, she's tuned out from the so I was understanding that I was going along and I, I was going to go into this dungeon and things were going to happen and then <laughs> not in a mocking way love you Jade um, but uh Nera oh, she's like totally like that she totally would speak like that yeah, like, oh, she's no way <laughs> about five five minutes into the travel as, as she realises it's going to be in silence Nerenef is just talking about like the time she went to Chult that one time that she she was running around in a, a place in Narthal she's apparently holidayed in somewhere near Anorok <laughs> just random things that you don't need to know sort of thing or for the DMs, remember those 30,000 backwards uh, words of backstory that people send? <laughs> Maybe one of those things oh. where she says something that doesn't have relevance till later. <laughs> this is where she's going along as, yeah, and I, uh, I used to have this uncle called Froon who ruled the place. <laughs> what? Uh, that doesn't happen. Um, four hours of travel, four hours of... <laughs> and um, it's at this point that you start to find yourself uh, trying to traverse the uh, the lower kind of like 
hillside that makes the base of the spine of the world you can see off in the distance especially because of how close you are uh, you can see this large kind of monolith looking building it looks from this distance to be at least two three hundred uh, feet in like in height and it sits jutting out of the stone face of the uh, of, of the spine of the world as you travel along, you have a uh, you have a fairly easy time of it. Could I ask who would be leading the charge? Um, me probably, if I have the map. Unless anybody else would like to cool. step forward. Could you? Yeah. I'm just gonna say because you've um, argued the map thing. Uh, could you make two survival checks for me? Survival checks. Uh, I can do just a second, please. Just a second, please, because my bloody mouse isn't working. Ah! Hold, caller. No, 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 no. Okay, I've got, I've got it, I've got it right. Um, do you need to know both numbers? Yes, please. Um, so one of them is twelve. Twelve. And the other one is a two. Excellent. I am dead. You know all that chat we had about your new character in the break? <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, you are dead. That's why your survival skill probably isn't that high. Yes, <laughs> yes my survival is minus one, so yeah, because I'm dead. It's because I didn't survive the first time round. Why would I survive again? <laughs> this is how she died the last time, yes. <laughs> Someone made me do a survival check and I die. Um, anyway, die. Um, so as you uh, as you take a moment uh, and start to work out the best way to lead on your axe beak, um, you slowly start to make your way up like different like walkways that you can find in the stone, and it's about uh, it's about an hour in. That you uh, that you realise that you're starting to come up the track, starting to lead in what looks like a makeshift stairwell leading up towards this uh, this wonderful building off in the distance, and it's at this point that you hear a booming noise somewhere off in the distance. About an hour, just as you start to come up the stairwell. Hey, do I recognise? could have made this sound you're not sure what made that sound you just know that there was a booming noise and then you hear what sounds like i i I wouldn't be able to describe it fully but you uh you you hear what sounds akin to rushing water um i would like everyone to make a perception check for me (laughs) don't want to my perception want... is also minus one. <laughs> Don't want steely water again. <laughs> um, got a seven. Erica got a seven. Seven, seven. Uh, and seven for Erica uh, and Nerenef as well. Yeah. And a twelve for Garland. Twelve for Garland. Garland, you're the first one to spot it, and you kind of—it's only because you've been quite apprehensive uh, and stroking your beard and like taking in the the area, but you look around trying to spot where the sound has come from everyone's looking in different directions and you just chance look up further up the mountain and you see what looks like a blur at the top of the mountain just slowly bubbling and moving and it looks like 
you're pretty sure it's like the clouds are moving really quickly or like they're starting to settle or something around the top of the mountain. And then a couple of seconds later, you realize that cloud's getting closer. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's at this point that you would probably inform your party that an avalanche is on its way down the side of the mountain. <laughs> I think that's what it was. That makes so much sense. Um, would I be able to have a dexterity check from oh, each of God. you? Uh, you would have, because it's your because you're riding on your axe beaks, um, it's plus one to dexterity. Um, okay. But oh. technically, it's an ability check, so... Garland and um, yeah, add oh that god! One. No, don't add the plus one. In other words, no, uh, no. You will add. The, you'd add the plus. Add the plus one, but you have disadvantage. Right. Okay. Cool. We gotta roll and take the lowest. So oh, my first one was a natural twenty. Straight decks, not saving throw. Uh, just straight decks. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's plus one for um for your X peak, and it'll be with. Straight roll for uh, for Nereneth. The other two have disadvantage. Okay. 16. 16. Uh, 19. 19. Excellent. Um, two? Two. Brilliant. Oh! No, 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 no. Just not good. So. Oh. Immediately, realising what's going on, um, I will ask... What would which way would you go? Would you leg it essentially across the the stairs towards this castle, or would you head back on yourself? Um, towards the castle, away from the avalanche, rather than go back. Okay, so for Erica, you immediately just kick kick into the the rear of your uh, axe beak and charge up the stairs because they have fifty feet of movement. Uh, I'm going to go. You make a good two-thirds of the stairs in this turn because uh, it's dashing with you on its back. Um, for Nerenef, would you be heading up the stairs or would you be heading back on yourself? Um, are we already halfway upstairs to this castle? Um, you are halfway up the side of the mountain. You've found these stairs. Essentially, you're at the bottom of the stairs as the booming happened. And you've just seen Erica shoot up two-thirds of the stairs towards the uh, the castle. I'm just trying to work out, am I able to get behind a castle? Um, no, the the castle is about, from this distance, you'd work it out to be about 150 feet away from you. Mm, okay, yeah, I would do the same thing as her then. Okay, so you start shooting up the stairs. Um, Garland, back on yourself or up the castle? Probably attempt to follow the others. Okay, I'm going to go with, uh, so Erica and Nereneth, you dart off and manage to get two thirds up the stairs. Garland, your axe beak isn't happy, it, it's tired, and now you're trying to get it to, to run, and it wasn't happy to begin with. So although you've managed to calm it down, it's still quite tired and will not go the full way. I'm going to go, it moves its full speed, so it gets 50 feet up the stair, the, the um, up the, um, other stairs, but then you are still 50 feet behind the other two. Uh, can I have another dexterity check from each of you, please? Is this disadvantage still? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think it's going to get worse than that one. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Six. Fifteen. Six, fifteen. 
Okay. Um, four. Four. Brilliant. Um, so for for Nereneth, your axe beak passes Erica's and shoots up, and you find yourself coming up to a large kind of icy uh, kind of parapet or kind of balcony that sits in front of a large double doors at the front of this castle. It, you look up as you can see the snow is actually going to come around the side of the castle but because of the size of it and also the nature of the building it's gonna you're shielded from the avalanche as you stop on this parapet behind you as you turn around to see if the other two make it the snow is starting to come in line with the stairwell just as you see uh you can see garland further down the stairwell and you see um felicia specifically stop in place and cause it doesn't it doesn't seem to be happy with the fact it's just been kicked as well as the fact that it also was tired Damn it, Felicia. um could i have let me just double check the thing i need to do for you all um from garland and uh and erica could i have a oh. could i have a, a roll a d20 and it is plus two for it you'd have um with this one it's a saving throw so there's no disadvantage the 21 21 excellent hold up what is this a saving throw on uh, a strength saving throw for your axe beak essentially oh okay that's that's better just just roll a d20 and add two yeah okay yeah so 21 for erica um that is a 19. 19, excellent. Um, so both of you take two points of bludgeoning damage and your axe beaks will also take two points of bludgeoning damage. But as the snow starts to slam into the side of you, uh, the axe beaks kind of steady themselves and plant their feet and get into position as if they have been trained in this instance to deal with snow uh, slamming into the side of them. Uh, the immediate cold slams into you. It is freezing, but you find yourself like held in place as it slides over you. It seems to be quite thin, uh, kind of powdery snow, not like a thick sheet of ice. It, but the 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 battering you're getting of it riding over you and you're having to hold yourself in your saddles seems to take quite a bit of uh, of bludgeoning off the side of you. Um, I would go with because of the nature would you try to move or would you stand ground waiting for the snow to stop stand ground and wait and for garland i mean yeah i would probably attempt to see if i could get my shield into a better position yeah Okay, so you uh, you taking it take a moment, uh, and as your axe beak is grounded, you to start focusing on yourself, trying to grab things. You pull uh, your your shield out and start to place it in a position so it is kind of covering you, and you make a small pocket essentially where you and your axe beak have the snow kind of almost barraging over you um, in that kind of almost like um, uh, like opening. You've made a small umbrella essentially, and the rain that is falling. Uh, is actually snow now and coming from a side direction um so you you make a brief pocket inside the snow there um with that it would continue um i believe because of the positioning of where you are um could i have another strength saving throw so d20 plus two um you would have have straight roll on this one just as it continues to pass through uh for uh, 
sorry, just quickly, for Naranef, um, as you are on the outside of this and you can see this, um, you can see that by the time this has happened, about half of the snow sheet that is falling has passed. Uh, and you can see that whatever's happened to your two party members, they are about halfway through what they're dealing with. Um, just in case you were trying to do anything at that point as well. Or would you wait and see what happens? I mean... I'm safe where I am, right? Yeah. You're cur it's, it's this very weird sensation of like, uh, you are stood on the side of this mountain kind of cliffside watching a, an avalanche fall in front of you where just a couple of seconds ago your party members were you have no idea how far they are in the snow drop but you can see that it's quite powdery snow so it's if you were to try to traverse it it's going to be a fight but you might be able to do it or in all intents and purposes, being someone who's an Arctic Ranger, you would also know the dangers of what you would be doing as well. So you might just go, I will see how they survive. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I, I, she would she would wait. I'd maybe <laughs> regret this in a minute, um, but I might um, like hammer a pitten into the wall and tie my rope yeah. to it in preparation of trying to get them okay but i wouldn't do anything yet okay excellent so you start to do that you find a place fairly easy especially with the fact you've got the gear that allows you to do it you place yourself an anchor getting ready for just in case um so those roles that we had for you guys sorry uh nine nine seven seven mm. um right you take you both take uh I've rolled low on that one. You both take, and also your axe peaks will take three points of um, <laughs> three points of bludgeoning. Okay, oh, however, uh, HP by the way. Their, their HP is nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, thank you. No worries. Or oh, original was nineteen, so you've taken one point, then three points, so it'll be four points altogether. Fifteen altogether at the moment for your axe peaks. Um, you are both snowed under. The the last of the snow now starts to settle, and it covers the like the last of it has now settled on top of the stairwell, uh, and you are currently snowed in. Um, you are welcome to try and make athletics checks to try get out, and your axe beaks can try to make athletics checks. Uh, Nerenef, you can try head out and try dig them out if you would like. Uh, just let me know what everyone would like to do. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. not entirely sure if I can, but can I try using that weird Maychan thing, the the ledger demand? I don't even know how you say that. I would say with that you'd have advantage on the athletics as something helps you dig out. Okay. Athletics. Nerenef would wait uh, for some sign that they're definitely still alive before okay. she wastes her energy okay. trying to dig um, corpses out. I got a 14. 14. With advantage. So, for Erica... If I can use the main hand to Well, that's what the advantage is. Um, so as you you take a moment, you find yourself shivering. You are surrounded by, even though even though you are an ethereal person, you still have a corporeal being 
so your body or uh, what is there starts to shudder and recognizes the fact it's cold. Um, you start to think quickly. You cast your mage hand and start to try to dig outwards. But as you do, the snow is just falling back on top of you and is starting to basically cave you in a bit. Um, just make a note for me. You have failed check one. Failed check one. Okay. Um, for We'll go to Garland just because obviously... Uh, you are currently there as well. Um, with yourself, you had that brief window, but then as the snow started to settle, it settled around you, making a small cocoon area where you are. But you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to disturb the snow essentially to try and dig yourself out if you were uh, trying to get you or the and or the axe beak out. Um. Uh, um... Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna try and try and dig. I'm also just gonna change uh, my dice because <laughs> it's been terrible. <laughs> um, I would say just for uh, <clears throat> watch you roll, um, Merinef, you have waited now, just watching for any signs because we're this would be in tandem, so at the same time. Uh, it takes, it's been a minute at this point, because each turn to try dig yourself out would take a minute for the characters. So for Garland's roll? Ten. Ten. Uh, again, same thing, you start to try digging out, working out which way would be the best, and as you do, the snow starts to fill in that small cocoon that you've made. Um, it is it is not looking good. You, are, you start to try uh, then move it around as it falls into this space, and you've now basically filled in that hole you made for yourself. Uh, with the shield moment. Um, Mark that you have failed. Try one. Um, mm -hmm. I would say at this point, uh, Nerenef, could you just make a perception check for me? Yes. Uh, eight. eight. You can't see any sign of disturbance on the snow at the moment. Oh, damn it. Um... Let's go for another strength check to see if either of you can dig yourselves out at this point, then. Strength check? Uh, it's an athletics oh. check, sorry. Athletics, that's alright. And can I do the advantage with the mage hand? Yeah, or... you can. Okay. Uh, 19. 19, excellent. Come on, Garland! <laughs> yeah! Um... Yeah, I'm... I'm gonna try something else. Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm going to try and cast Good Beer's Caustic Homebrew. Okay. Um depending on if I have movement enough in my hands to be able to do this, because it's uh VSM components. It says that you are blinded and restrained, so I, I can't remember if... Uh, sorry, I was meant to have mentioned that, mm. but I, I've now forgot that it's not incapacitated. Uh, restrain, you have... So it doesn't say that... It just says that you have a speed of zero. It doesn't say that you're... Technically, your hands can still move in the snow uh, as you try to dig yourself out. It'd basically be you're trying to move your hands in such a way that you can do whatever you're trying to do whilst fighting through snow, essentially. Well, what my plan is to do is to fire this stream of acid straight up. Okay. 
uh, to I'm try gonna... and just burn a bit of a hole in. I'm do gonna it, go do it. with uh, with that then. You for Naranath who's watching, you see uh, after a minute, you see an axe beak's head and a kind of bluish bluish green glowing head of Erica pop up about fifty feet down the stairs uh, out of the snow. And, <laughs> and further down, about another fifty feet down, you just see a like a almost like a geyser coming out of the snow of this greenish putrid liquid just shoots out of the snow and lands on top of the snow. Um, I would say your next check, uh, Garland, would have advantage because you've made a, a small hole for yourself essentially to get out of. Cool. Uh, how much of Erica can Naren FC? Uh, so over the over the next uh, few seconds, uh, because of sh you've passed the dig out roll, uh, so the axe beak and that lot starts to slowly but surely come out and sit on top of the snow. So Erica would then be able to come up as well. So you are now okay. standing on top of the pile of snow. Hey, um, in seeing the weird geyser, then I would with holding onto my rope, I would then try and go and retrieve <laughs> Garland. Okay, uh, what is your speed, please? 30. Okay, so you'd be able to get to with <clears throat> with dashing uh, by the time uh, Garland has done his next check, you'd be able to... Uh, actually, no, it's a minute, so I'd go after the guys are shot out, you have got to Erica, so it then lowers the DC for uh, for Garland to dig himself out, which he already has an advantage on. So let's just see what you roll for fun. Oh, Garland. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. You have advantage and a lowered DC. <laughs> it's okay. That, 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 that should do it. 21. 21. Brilliant. Um, just as you're getting past Erica, you see another star uh, small area a couple of feet ahead of you starting to break up and move around. And as you uh, as you get there and start digging around, you see another axe beak head looking very upset and very annoyed. <laughs> but then a couple of inches to the right of that is Garland with his shield just digging through <laughs> like some weird mole. <laughs> You have just to... laughing at the pissed off axe speaks like, it, what the fuck? It does not look happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you have survived the avalanche. I was not prepared to die in an avalanche when there's probably some terrifying monsters out there. I was like, I'm not going down in a boring way. <laughs> as soon as you said what it was, I was like... Oh yeah, I gave myself minus two decks. <laughs> GG. Um. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I mean, climbing out, I'm gonna attempt to get over to where uh, Naraneth was. Excellent. Before she before she moved over to Garland. I'm gonna it seems go... like a much safer spot. I'm gonna go with just because of one time two. The fact that we've got past the ruling of avalanches, uh, you've dug yourself out, you managed to get up towards the parapet, all three of you managed to get up there. Um, it is about, so you left, about, we'll go, you left early morning, so about nine in the morning with uh, 
travel to good uh, from Goodmead. So that would be 11 hours plus the half an hour for that plus the hour of so that's 12 then six hours to get here uh so it's about six in the afternoon coming up to late uh, late afternoon early evening um as you get to the parapet and you can see this huge structure reaching up ahead of you you can see double doors that are made of black oak that sit ahead of you they look to stretch up 20 foot tall um you can see already uh, from this distance you can see in the walls uh, that stretch up ahead of you you can see windows that seem to be boarded up you can see directly ahead of you in fact a small arrow slit that is boarded up from the uh, the wood that you can see inside it um, but it's not this thing that draws your attention and um, it's at this point that I tell all three of you you remember how over the week I've uh, I've been damning myself wondering what to do with this moment yes i said i would follow the book so i will follow the book uh-huh. just remind me what level you all are three 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 excellent mm-hmm. so we should have died man we should have just died in <laughs> we should have just stayed in the fucking snow um, as... given in. it was safe over there as, as um... the as all of you take a moment and take in this vast monolith of a building that sits on the side of the spine of the world, you look up and you see something happen at the top. What looks immediate for, for first glance as two kind of like crenellations of some sort at the top on the roof, you actually start to notice now as something comes over the top of it are actually claws. And what you see jutting over the top of the building as its large night helm-like figured head juts out of a large chimney space that's been created in the stone is a huge draconic-shaped being as lunging out of the stone face of the spine of the world is what looks to be a robotic construct dragon that lunges out into the open night's air and flies in the direction of Goodmead. Shit. And that's where we're going to end tonight's session. Ah! I'm kind of glad because I was like, I don't know what the hell we do now. Kodar? <laughs> um, you never all... asked how we contact Kodar. I just assume we have some sort of horn to blow into. Like, how we tell him we need him? I mean, at <laughs> the moment, bore me. At the moment, he needs us. <laughs> at, at the moment, none of you have mentioned you have the message or sending spell. So, Raven, no, if you find a Ravenry, or <laughs> heading to Goodmead and saying, "Hey, buddy, there's a drag." There's Dragon's been here. <laughs> um, I am going to, just before we end the session, ask initial feelings. Chase the dragon or go into some blight. I'm so torn. Oh, uh, I want to chase it because I want to at least like, get good me to leave. To evacuate, but 
equally if we chase it it's going to turn on us and so there's part of me that's also like just let it go keep doing the thing that you said you were going to do so it's a rogue I mean... shop so i can't even do anything uh, i don't know how you defeat a robot garland would want to help kodaf yeah it's more something that Obviously, initial feelings, if anyone has a thing, the first I've heard there was, we have no idea, and then, but I'd want to help Kodar, so I'm happy to go with initial feelings for next week. You might hear three characters running off into oblivion. <laughs> but before that, they will at least level up to level four as they get 650 XP. <laughs> oh, it's... Hands down, I, I've spent the last. I've said you guys have heard me in chats when we've talked about it. But every every moment I have read this book, I've gone. Mm, uh, I, don't, uh, I, I don't want to give up a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you gave us a dragon. You did the thing the book said. My original. Yeah, it's fine. I will. I will gladly say it's Liam's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I joke. Um, essentially, and I'll happily say this in that behind-the-screens manner, um, I was originally going to have it, so, as I've just said, the book says, do they want to chase it or do they want to go into sunlight? And we'll find out what you guys do next week with that. But part of me was like, they could have their cake and eat it by going into sunlight and finding the dragon just as it's made. So you get into the area where the dragon is and it flees as you get to it, rather than going we have to now either go in here or chase it back because there will be things that happen in Sunblight that will level you up even further. So you would have more chance of... But I do agree with the comment that it says in the chapter where it says, this is where the characters find out that their actions have consequences. <laughs> <laughs> but Liam... I mean, not you know, to did say he was making a dragon not to damn liam i i liam is a brilliant player dm and wonderful person but it was liam who said don't don't go easy on us and i was like you know what i believe in you free you'll make the right decision and then you took coda away <laughs> yeah. well, that was a stupid decision yeah we were always going to go back for the come on now i mean i didn't think that i was part of me was because in the book as well it says the players can suggest there'd be a leader. And I was like... Yeah, I didn't know if we should or not. That's why I held back from doing it. So I was like, but then we split up. I didn't, so... I didn't want to steal that moment, but I was also like, Kodar, I didn't know he was going to be wounded for one. But two, yeah. Kodar was wounded. Kodar knows the area and Kodar knows the speakers. So therefore would have probably gone. <laughs> Anywho. It, yeah, it, it made the most... I mean, you know, uh, none of us are from this area, so becoming yeah. a leader of this You're area. To be a speaker for this area. It is that wonderful moment where you go, it's, I, I either go try deal with a dragon at level four, or I go try look into a, a building and, and come out to find out what the dragon did later. <laughs> It's 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 the tram situation. There is no yep. right or wrong answer, but there is destruction either way. Or will die. 
So Just take a moment. We'll pour some out for one's homies and we'll carry on. So uh, we yeah. will leave this here. We will uh, see you guys next week to find out what the the gang do <laughs> yeah. as as they they traverse either the stony cold rooms of sunblight or they as we found out the other day follow the old chinese adage of chasing the dragon literally <laughs> <laughs> right figuratively <laughs> um Okay. I guess that's where we'll end. So, <laughs> for all that want to say bye, say bye. 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 New campaign next week. <laughs> bye for now. Thank you for listening to Sixteen Candle Keeps. Your players were Emma Bamford as Erica Jones, Jade Leanne Pierce as Neronith Halladar, and Liam Thornton as Garland Goodbeer. Your DM was Steve Archer theme music by Steve Archer. Background music was performed by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. Other background music was performed by Bombarded Podcast and can be found at bombarded.bandcamp.com. All artworks thus far has been created by Bingle Bang Bang. Thank you for listening and we shall see you next week.